You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community. Welcome to the Daily Nationalist. Today's date is Friday, March 1st, 2024. You're listening to me, Grandpa Dan, streaming at RadioAlbion.com. I'm glad you're wrapping up your work week with us. As always, i like to start off reminding you we have our Sven Longshank support links here on the uh, page, description page for the Daily Nationalist. I always encourage you to drop them an email, a postcard, or maybe a few bucks and his gifts and go. Always going to keep doing that until the day. We're looking forward to the day uh, when Sven is released. Well, today marks something special. It's not just March 1st, 2024. It's not just the Friday installment of the Daily National. So this marks a return, probably granted a temporary one, because there's no telling what I'll decide to do next week. But today marks a return to the humorous wrap-up, the light-hearted wrap-up of the end of the week which Sven Longshanks always liked doing for the Friday Daily National. So I would come up, he would say, see if you can find some stories for this Friday. And I would come up with various stories like that's not lighthearted at all. So he would wind up picking out something because he always wanted to, he always likes to wrap up the Friday show with something lighthearted, humorous. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, I can find humor in a lot of things that a lot of people maybe don't necessarily find to be quite so funny. And, uh, you know, doing these shows, I've kind of gotten off that. I've gotten off the mark. I just do whatever comes to mind. But today marks a return. We're doing something lighthearted. We're going to have some fun today with some fairly lighthearted stories. I've got two stories. I, I booked I booked two stories for you today. And they're completely unrelated, but they're both funny or at least they're funny to me, in, in their own way. Now, the first story I want to I, I, I wanna use is from a site I've never heard of, AFRU.com. It's a liberal site. And when I first came across this story, I honestly thought it was parody. I mean, I, I, when I found this story, I was like, this can't be real. This is somebody LARPing. This is, this is like a, day, you know, a Babylon Bee type of thing. But no. No, it is not. And the headline, the, the, the title of this story is Conspiracy Theorists Keep Getting Things Right. Experts warn that's, da- that's dangerous. Subheading says not only, not just online anymore, dangerous movements like the Freedom Convoy are fueled by conspiracy theories. And when those theories are correct, it legitimizes them. In a world of increasing in a world increasingly dominated by sensationalism and misinformation, conspiracy theories have found fertile ground to flourish. Dismissed by many as the ramblings of a paranoid few, these theories have long been relegated to the fringes of society. But the experts now warn that they are witnessing the emergence of a new threat vector. Conspiracy, conspiracy theorists being proven right. You can see why I originally thought this had to be parody. I had to go back and really look over the side. I'm like, there's no way this isn't a joke. Some, somebody, somebody is totally pranking us. 
It's not a joke. The experts are warning that these dangerous conspiracy theories are becoming even more dangerous because they're being proven right. This is what it looks like when the truth has no value to you. When all the truth is to you is whatever marketing slogan. When the truth has no real meaning, no tangible value, the truth is your person. You hear these terms like, oh, you have to respect this person's personal truth. As if it's just whatever you feel is what is true, regardless of reality. This is what it winds up looking like when conspiracy theories are right. They're even more dangerous. You see no value for the truth here. It's just, well, that, that makes us look bad. It, it, it threatens this fake reality. The exposure of government surveillance programs like PRISM, the revelations surrounding the secret experiments of MKUltra, and the acknowledgement of covert military operations like Operation Gladio have all served as a sobering reminder that conspiracy theories are not always baseless. Darker still, we've even learned that the U.S. government experimented with syphilis on black folks and were the ultimate cause of the high rate of STDs among non-white populations. More recently, the lab leak theory regarding the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic has yet again sparked totally unnuanced conspiracy theorists were right discourse. While initially the lab leak theory was clamped down on for being dangerous conspiracy theory, the hypothesis has, more or less by random chance, been the one to recently gain traction in expert opinions. And while the true origins of the virus remain unclear, the fact that a modern conspiracy theory could potentially hold elements of truth has raised alarm bells among guardians of democracy, like journalists and experts. Is there anybody left out there who believes that this term democracy has anything to do with, like, the will of the people, with voting? Because obviously... Obviously, it means something completely different. It's funny when you go along and you live long enough and you you, you learn these patterns. And, and y'all, y'all, I'm sure y'all are aware of this as well. But you, you watch and you see them roll things out. And, and, and they roll these marketing, they do these focus groups, and they roll these marketing slogans out. For a good example, this brings us up, is this term, our democracy. I believe, if I remember correctly, the first time I heard that, I believe Hillary Clinton used that term, our democracy, our democracy. And then shortly after Nancy Pelosi, and pretty soon the journalists and the media all began parroting this, our democracy. They created this new thing just a few short years ago. Our democracy. 20 years ago, you never heard the term our democracy. This is a new invention. Our democracy. It's a thing. And you can see how this is all marketing, just like they're selling you a crappy processed food hamburger from McDonald's or some shit. It's our democracy. You see, they use the word our. Our democracy is supposed to give you a sense of ownership. You see, it's a part of it. You own it. It's our democracy. And yet, those, these, even though these things are implied, there's never any true definition. They throw these terms out here, and you're just supposed to assume that we're talking about the same thing, that they're meaning the same thing that you imagine. They intentionally don't ever give any sort of explanation, any sort of actual concrete definition of what we're talking about. And this, of course, is done on purpose. I find it humorous that the guardian, the designated guardians of our democracy are journalists and experts. Now, 
they referenced some of these older things, such as MK Ultra or the syphilis experiments on black people. And they leave out the part that all of that was dismissed back then by who? Experts and journalists. It wasn't just some random country bumpkin hillbilly that was going and injecting syphilis into black people and doing these experiments. Who was conducting these syphilis experiments on black people? They were experts. They were experts. Doctors. The people you're supposed to trust. The very same people that they now say are the guardians of democracy. Who ran cover for these for years, these, these stories? Who ran cover for, these, for the government on these stories for years and years? Journalists. The, the, the experiments were conducted by experts. They weren't done by Joe Bob and his moonshine stand. They were being conducted by experts employed by the government who tried to hide these stories, the journalists, the media. And yet now they turn around and they say, these are the very people that we have. These are the guardians of our democracy. Once again, it makes you want to ask the question, exactly what is this democracy that they're talking about? What does it mean? We want a definition. Somebody should have to define what these sorts of things mean. Of course, they, they won't. And many of the rank and file couldn't. If you asked them to, they would give you a bunch of emotional gibberish. The specter of true democracy, true conspiracy theories, heralds profoundly dangerous implications for our ability to function as an open, inclusive, and equitable democratic society. As once dismissed theories find validation, shadows of doubt are cast upon the credibility of the mainstream institutions and experts who set out to protect us to begin with. Well, we've already covered the things they admit to that were going on were being done by the experts. Like I said, they didn't have some random guy doing these MK Ultra experiments or whatever. These were being done by the experts. And yet they make this leap that these are these are people here to protect us. The specter of this profoundly dangerous implications. How is the truth dangerous? If you're depending on somebody for whatever, whether it's your job or, or, or say you're a college student and, and, and you're trying to learn about how the world operates and you, you go to class, you spend all of this money to go to class, to learn how the world works, to try to educate yourself, to get smarter. You've got to be able to trust the people who are telling you this. If you find out that your college professor is lying about everything they're telling you, that's a problem because you, they're misleading. You can't trust anything they say. This is things you learn in your life. You know, if you have people in your life, if you've got a family member or a friend or a coworker, and, and you come to realize that that person literally lies to you all the time, then you have to use your good judgment and not trust that person. When that person comes up with some, the latest juicy gossip about your other coworker, you've got to just dismiss that because you know this person has a track record of lying. And these are not important issues as far as somebody gossiping about your coworker. These are little petty things. However, when it comes to balancing, you know, weighing the information about the society around, about what your government is doing, this is important. You need to understand. And if they have a track record of constantly lying to you about very dark and dangerous things, then, th then this should be important to you. 
They say this is a threat to function as some sort of society. They use all of these emotional words, again, with no sort of definition. But to function as a society, you have to you have to be able to trust those who are giving you information. And if those who are giving you information, specifically the experts and journalists, which this article is begging you to trust, have a track record of continually misleading and lying to you, that's going that's a real problem. It's humorous because the the authors of this article don't find a fault with the fact that the experts and the journalists are proven liars and are misleading the people constantly. The problem is that people won't trust them anymore if they're caught lying. You see, the lie has no problem. The lie isn't even really an issue. The problem is if they're proven to be liars, people will start not trusting them, and that's a real threat to our democracy. While those with less nuanced thinking argue that revelations of truth serve as a necessary check on power, experts caution that society is now far more complex and fragile than during the era when Fox Mulder and Dana Scully chased government conspiracies in the X-Files. I, the, 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 like I said, I really thought this article was parody when I first read it. I'm like, this can't be. This, this Somebody is, is, is totally pranking us. Less nuanced thinking. Yes, that's, that, that means people who see the truth and a lie. And it's, it's, it's pretty clear which is which. Less nuanced. You see, it's nuanced. It's complicated. Liars always want to convince you that simple things that you see are complicated. Well, you see, it's much more complicated than what you see. You've got to be nuanced. It's how the government pretends like all of these problems they never solve. They can't solve them because, you see, they're actually complicated and nuanced. When the truth is, somebody willing to do it could step in there and fix it in a day. It's not complicated. It's not, they just don't want to fix it. So they pretend like it's complicated and nuanced. We need to do some more study. The idea that they say experts caution that society is more complex and fragile than a TV show. Look, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully were never chasing government conspiracies. It was a freaking TV show that was not even real. Oh, experts warned there's a lot more complicated back when something that never happened was happened, you know, was happening. It was a freaking TV show. It is that was never real. You're supposed to read this. And say, oh, I, well, yeah, yeah. So it's a lot more complicated. And the democracy is so fragile now. And so I like the TV show that never happened. This one say. Liars lie. Liars lie and speak words not to communicate and convey ideas, but to obscure the truth. It was a TV show. Experts are warning it's not so simple as back in the days when this never happened. Public acceptance of parts of even one conspiracy theory will inevitably erode trust in essential Yes, it should. Why in the hell would you trust a liar? I mean... Seriously, why would you do that? If, you, if you're married and your wife or your husband kept coming up with lies and excuses of staying laid out all night, and then finally you found out they were off having an affair with multiple people, multiple times, like they've been telling you these different stories about all this overtime they've been working for the last 10 years, and then you find out they've been screwing everybody in town. Well, when they come back and say, oh, this time I really am working over, would you trust them? No, of course it should erode your trust in liars. 
Why in the hell would you trust liars? It will inevitably erode trust in essential institutions and have profound consequences for our ability to shape societal cohesion and protect marginalized minorities like BIPOCs and women. What the hell does this even mean? Their ability to shape societal cohesion. Shape societal cohesion. You see, we have to shape societal cohesion. No, you tell people the damn truth. You tell people, shape societal cohesion. Is that what they've been doing? Is that what the experts, is that what the jurors, is that what all of these government people, is that what they've been doing? Shaping societal cohesion? Because I'm looking around, there's less societal cohesion right now than there's ever been. In all my years walking this earth, there's less societal cohesion now than there's ever been. So if that's their goal, they're doing a pretty shitty job. Shape societal cohesion and protect marginalized minorities like BIPOCs and women. You see, they're just little children. They have to be protected. Protected from what? What exactly are they protecting? Black, brown people, women. What, what exactly are they protecting them from? The truth? Because that seems to be what's being implied here. What the experts all agree on. Yes, again, let's listen to the experts who the authors of the article have already admitted are the liars to begin with. What the experts all agree on is the importance of critical dialogue about the dangers of conspiracy theories. You can't have a critical dialogue with a pre a, 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 a starting from a standpoint of we're dismissing what anybody else says. That's just a circle jerk. You're just talking amongst yourself. That's just an echo chamber. You know, it's like how they always come out and say, it's time. Periodically, we have the media come out and the government people come out and say, it's time that we have a conversation about race and America. But they never mean a conversation about race because a conversation means both sides get a say so. No, they want you to sit down and shut up and be lectured. Critical dialogue about the dangers of conspiracy theories and the need for democracy stakeholders. Now, this is this next part's interesting. The need for democracy stakeholders, NGOs and governments, to come to the table and explain how they intend to combat the dangers. Now, this is very, this is very interesting. You might have thought democracy stakeholders was the people. All of the people, because supposedly everybody has a right to vote. You might think democracy stakeholders were the people. The people have the stakeholders. No, according to this article, actually NGOs and governments. This says a lot about what their admitted definition of the democracy is, isn't it? If the stakeholders are NGOs and governments then where the hell do the people actually fit into this? You see, it's, it's, you, you, your little children, you have to be protected by the NGOs and the government who obviously just want what's best for you. Government also needs to lay out a dynamic and resilient framework of, for cooperation with the private sector so that we can present a multifaceted and unified front against conspiratorial thinking in all areas of society, whether they're right or not. In other words, we need more censorship. It's it's always the same answers, isn't it? You already know where they're going with it. It's always the same answers. We got to have more censorship. The answer is these the problem with these people being right is if people find out that they're being right. 
The truth doesn't factor in at all. We just got to make sure nobody hears them and then we'll be okay. We can lie to them all we want. This is no less than a fight for democracy itself. And so it must be transparent. <laughs> it must be transparent. Okay. It must be transparent, provide accountability, and be, <laughs> and be vigorous in upholding our democratic values. Our democratic values. We, they've already admitted that the stakeholders in the democracies are NGOs and the government. So... Is it not reasonable then to say our democratic values means the values of whatever NGOs and the government? Because again, they never listed the people as stakeholders in our democracy. We must all come together to strengthen the fact checkers, the fact checkers and counter narratives that exploit people's fears, insecurities and distrust. Our efforts should focus on rebuilding trust in institutions, amplifying marginalized voices, and ensuring that accurate information is priority available to the common person on the street. But you've done a whole article there saying that accurate information is the problem. The big threat here to our democracy is that these people who are saying things different from the NGOs and the governments keep turning out to be right. How are you going to do You're not going to rebuild trust in institutions. If those institutions are proven to lie and hide the truth over and over again, you see, they don't seem to find a problem in that. The problem is people just finding out that they're lying. You can't amplify marginalized voices. You're not amplifying anybody's voices by censorship. I mean, yes, that's not okay. Let me back that up. You know, you truly amplify people's voices when everybody's heard. Does that make sense? You can't censor people, and they just want to amplify the voices of those that agree with everything the government and NGOs say. <laughs> it's so funny to me because they, they they bring up the NGOs here, and in other parts of their website, they talk about how they, have, they oppose capitalist corporations. Who the hell do they think funds the NGOs? But you see, you can't, that's conspiracy theory. No, you just go to their 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 the NGOs pages, pick one, and look who their partners are. It's all of these corporate outfits, and yet on this page, these people's page, you go around and say we oppose corporate capitalism, and the you can't have it both ways. You see, this is what it means when the truth doesn't matter. You just you get lied to. Ensuring that accurate information is priority available, and yet. They say that that is the problem because if the conspiracy theorists wind up being right, then who's the one giving the accurate information? This is the confused, muddled world of people that live on emotionalism and not truth. Truth stands on its own. Imagine just living in a world where everything, it, it, the truth, all that matters to you is what makes you feel good. What gives you a positive emotional reaction versus what is correct so that you can make correct decisions moving forward. If you have NGOs and the government constantly lying to you and they have a history of doing things like, oh, I don't know, giving your people syphilis, then you might want to not want to trust those experts and those liars. You see, that's an informed decision. Instead, they say the problem is people finding out about it. Now, I want to get to this second story, and, and it's not a long story. 
you know, Macron in France recently raised some eyebrows by saying he's not going to rule out NATO boots on the ground to fight Russia directly in the Ukraine. And, of course, this immediately resulted in several other, quote-unquote, leaders of European countries running around and going, oh, no, 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 we're, 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 not, we're not doing that. Just like they weren't going to send tanks and we're going to send planes and we're going to send long-range missiles, they always wind up going ahead and taking another step forward on that. Now, on a serious note, I'm of a mind that these people are so stupid they don't realize they're walking right into you know, they're, they're playing into Russia's strategy. See, I'm of the mind, <clears throat> I'm of the mind that Russia gamed this out over years. They gamed this out over years and they came to the conclusion because I read articles and, and, and people will say, oh, well, you know, you know the, the Russians should have gone in, mopped up Ukraine in the two weeks that everybody thought they would, and this would have made the West back down. And because Russia has been, you know, using kid gloves and, and, and going too easy, it's, 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 encouraged, it's encouraged the collective West to keep escalating the conflict, which is going to lead to a direct confrontation with Russia and, and NATO in a, in a wider war, in a more serious war than the proxy war that is going on. See, this is Russia's mistake. See, I have the theory. I have the mind. That long before all this started, Russia gamed all of this, and they came to the conclusion that they're going to have to fight NATO regardless. Now, if you came to the conclusion that you're going to have a war with NATO regardless, you would want to be sure that that's going to happen on your terms and not theirs. That's that's the smart thing to do. You're going to put it off. You're going to make sure that happens on your terms. Now, if that is the case, if I am correct, then... You would do everything that Russia's doing. What they have done is they have caused all these NATO countries to send all of their weaponry. Russia has put their country on a war footing. They've ramped up their military production. They're producing missiles and ammunition at a wartime pace. They're all prepped. They've saved the bulk of their regular army forces. They've done the vast majority of this fighting with Donbass militias and early on with the Wagner Group. They built up these fortified positions and they let the West dump all of their military hardware into pointless barrages against these defense lines. And now you have the West, the collective rest, including the United States, running around whining and complaining, we're out of ammunition. They say, well, we're out of ammunition, we're running out of artillery shells, we're running out of missiles, and uh, we're going to spend all this money and make some more, but it's going to take two to five years to actually produce it because, you know, it's the way it works. If if I'm correct, and Russia gamed this and said, well, we're going to fight these people anyway, so we need to go ahead and do it on our terms. You know, when you do it on our terms and not on their terms, what would you do different than what Russia's done? You've caused their, you've saved your forces. You've used this as an excuse to put your country on a war fitting and ramp up military production. You've saved your army. And you've caused your enemy to exhaust themselves and exhaust their resources. If you've already gamed it out and a direct confrontation with NATO is inevitable, that's pretty good terms when it comes about, isn't it? See, I think they're all falling right into it, and they're so stupid. 
They don't think it could ever happen. But anyway, getting back on point, Macron came out and said he won't rule out NATO boots on the ground. This caused some, uh, quite a bit of a stir. We're not going to do NATO boots on the ground. And yet you find this headline. is from RT. And I saw the headline and I already knew. The headline is NATO member backs boots on the ground in Ukraine. And as soon as I saw the headline, I knew it was going to be one of the make-believe countries. And I'm sorry, I know I've got listeners. Some of y'all are in these countries. And I'm not disrespecting y'all. You know I got nothing but love for y'all. But you've got to admit, I knew as soon as I saw this, it was one of these make-believe, <laughs> one of these make-believe countries. And sure enough, Estonia, <laughs> Estonia wants all options on the table. PM Kaja Kalas has said, and of course, it's a woman. You're in a make-believe country that's 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 smaller than probably some counties in the state of Texas. A make-believe country. And you got a woman leader. And you're talking about... <laughs> you go, you're you all on the grid. You're all for it. Estonia is not afraid of Russia. But you don't even have a real country. <laughs> this is what happens. You, you get a woman ruler. You become a lapdog to the U.S. And you just, you just become a delusional clown world thing. Look at the size of Estonia. You could gather up. You if if you 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 could gather more people gathered up during deer season armed in the state of Texas than the entire population of Estonia, but they're not afraid of Russia. Estonia is not afraid of Russia and thinks sending NATO ground troops to Ukraine ought to be under consideration. Prime Minister Kaja Kalas has told Sky News in an interview aired on Wednesday. So far, only Estonia and another make-believe country, Lithuania. <laughs> so literally ankle biters. And again, I'm not disrespecting y'all that are from those countries. You know, I got nothing but love for you, but you, you got to admit this is stupid. Like, this is really, really stupid. So far, only Estonia and Lithuania have expressed any enthusiasm for the idea of escalating NATO support to Kiev beyond deliveries of weapons, ammunition, and money. You know, this is also... You, you get this, you've got make-believe countries because they don't think they'll, nobody expects them to actually do anything. And it's very appropriate that it's being led by a woman who has no idea in her mind that she would ever actually have to fight. Like, if one Russian bomb dropped on Estonia, well, for starters, it's so freaking small, probably one bomb would just basically level the country. It wouldn't even have to be a nuke. One artillery shell, the country's gone. This bitch is going to be on the first plane out. She ain't going to be grabbing a rifle and going to the front line. It's easy to sit there and say, when you're a woman prime minister, going, we're not afraid of them. Yeah, bitch, you don't think you're going to ever face any consequences. As for these whole little tiny countries, they think, well, by NATO, they mean the U.S. and somebody else, and we'll sit here and cheerlead the whole thing. Let's see what this highly intelligent... Let's see what this dumb bitch has to say. We shouldn't be afraid of our own power. Our own power. Yes, the world shakes in its boots at the power of Estonia and Lithuania. 
We shouldn't be afraid of our own power. Russia is saying this or that step is escalation, but defense is not escalation, Collis told Sky. I'm saying we should have all options on the table. What more can we do in order to really help Ukraine win? Earlier this week, French President Macron argued that the U.S.-led bloc should not rule out the sending of troops to Ukraine or any other options. Most members of the bloc have since distanced themselves from the idea, except two of the former Soviet Baltic republics. On Tuesday, Lithuanian Foreign Minister Gabrielis Landsbergis, I probably didn't say that right, I don't care, urged NATO to think outside the box. Meanwhile, the country's ambassador to Sweden, Linus Linkovicius, said the bloc would neutralize the Russian enclave of Kaliningrad if Moscow dares to challenge NATO. You ain't much bigger. We, you threatening Kaliningrad. And you in a make-believe <laughs> Kalas echoed those sentiments to Sky, arguing that Russia, quotes, wants to intimidate us and make the West, quote, refrain from decisions that we would otherwise make to be advocates for supporting Ukraine. The Western unity, everything that really annoys them a great deal. They want us to be afraid. And the only response is that we are not afraid. We act on what is right. So brave. Let's see what uh, mighty Estonia is bringing to the table since they're not afraid of Russia. Estonia has a... I told you this was lighthearted. I can't read this next sentence without laughing. Estonia has a force of about 4,200 active duty troops. And a woman leading the country. 4,200. You got, you got 4,200 active duty troops. And you talking about, oh, you ain't afraid of Russia. You ain't afraid of Russia. Bring it on. We, we, yeah, we need some NATO boots on the ground. <laughs> That's what I mean. Your active military is 4,200 people. And you got to figure probably half of those are women. So if half of their 4,000, even if all of them weren't women, this, the whole force was men. Battle-hardened. They're not. Battle-hardened men. The elite of the elite of Estonia. Who the hell are you going to fight with 4,200? That ain't a real army. 4,200? That ain't a real army because you ain't a real country. Make-believe country. Out there talking shit. Look. You take a lesson. Look at what, like, look at what, like, Serbia. Look what Serbia does. They understand their little bitty country, and they understand they walk in the tightrope. You might not agree with everything their government does. You might not agree with decisions their, their leaders make. But at least they make decisions based on understanding that in the big scheme of things, they're a little bitty pup. And when the big dogs are roaming around growling at each other, the little bitty pups stay the hell out of the way so they don't get chewed up. You got two big, you got two big dogs that are, that, are, that are growling, getting in a fight. The, the smart little dog does everything he can to stay out of the way. Unless you, Estonia with their mighty army of 42, of 4,000. Then you're jumping in the middle and trying to bite somebody's hind leg, talking about you ain't afraid. See, sometimes being afraid is a sign of being smart. You know, straight up. You know, if, 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 if some 
big, strong dude that weighs 200 plus pounds is threatening to kick my ass, I'm probably going to be pretty afraid of it. <laughs> probably going to be pretty worried about that. Because odds are he's going to kick my ass. I might get a few licks in. But damn, you know, you, you got to use some wisdom. If you got five dudes run up on you waving guns, you, you probably better be afraid and get the hell out of there. You stand there, I ain't afraid of them. And you don't take the exit? How stupid is that? Ukraine suffered 125,000 casualties during the six months of its counteroffensive in 2023, according to Russian estimates. So going off the Russian estimates, Estonia's entire, entire army would last a little over two days before literally every single man was wiped out. Two days. And this woman is talking about, we ain't afraid of them. We ain't afraid of them. You know. What the hell? Why would you be in the Estonian military? You got a woman running the country trying to get you killed. That don't even make any sense. Because she ain't going to do no fighting. You know, first bullet zings across the border in Estonia. She's going to be on the first flight to Brussels. It's crazy. It's crazy. Why would anybody want to fight for any of these countries, I don't understand it at all. Like maybe they have a draft. I, I I don't want to take the time. I'm wrapping up. I want to take the time. But if you got a draft, if you have a draft in Estonia and you have to go join the military, I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I'm surrendering the first chance I get. I'm throwing up the white flag first chance I get because that bitch is going to be on a plane out of the country talking about patriotism and, and, and be a hero. And it's just crazy. Just crazy. I, I it is an amazing thing. Little yappy dogs getting in the middle of a big fight. Estonia wouldn't last a day. I mean, I'm sorry. You know, and again, I don't mean to disrespect these guys. I'm sure the people there are good people. I'm sure, you know, like I said, I know I got listeners from all over the world, and some of y'all probably live in one of these little countries. And I, I'm not dogging y'all at all. I'm sure the people there are good people, but good night. You got this lunatic woman trying, I mean, you know, when I was growing up, there was a saying, the old folks, you know, the older people would say, you know, don't, <laughs> how'd they go? Don't, uh, don't let your alligator mouth write checks that your mockingbird ass can't cash. You know, she got alligator mouth, but the country's got a mockingbird ass. You know, you up there talking all kinds of shit. But you can't back it up. Nobody thinks your army of 4,000 people is any kind of threat to anybody. And you're talking about, oh, we'll liquidate this Russian enclave, this Russian territory if they mess with, with what? Who's this we? Of course, I think it means the United States. Do they have no clue how dysfunctional the United States actually is? Do they have no clue that the U.S. is also running out of ammunition because they sent it all to the Ukraine? Do they have any clue that an actual conflict may be a lot closer than what, and a lot more of a real possibility than what they actually think it is. They, they make these statements, these kind of statements, because they think, well, it won't actually happen. Everybody's afraid of the big, bad United States. If it does, if it blows up, if it, if it pops off, that bitch going to be on the first plane out of the country and going to leave these 4,000 guys left behind to get slaughtered. Maybe maybe they can guard the airport while she takes off in her damn private jet, whisk off in some 
American military aircraft or something. Leave them holding the bag. She can do a press conference when she lands in Berlin talking about, I, oh, the heroes who protected me or something. You're still going to be dead. I don't know. Don't buy into it. It's crazy. It's all funny, though. It's still funny. It's, it's, it's dangerous. It's all sad. It's all crazy. But if you, you you still can't, it is still funny in its own in its own dark sort of way. I didn't say I, I told you this was going to be a humorous wrap up of the week. I didn't say it wasn't going to be dark humor. We are going to wrap up on that. Hope you have a great weekend, and I hope you'll be about. I'll be back on Monday. Plan to be back on Monday for uh, to start your week off with another and some of the Daily Nationalist. Hope you get a chance if you haven't so far. Maybe over the weekend you get a chance to check out all of our great content we put up Monday through Friday here on Radio Albion. I appreciate you. As always, keep the faith and we'll see you next time. You're listening to Radio Albion, talk radio for the nationalist community.